Hey, thanks so much for checking out this episode of Golf Strategy School. Now, I know you're listening because you want to learn how to play better golf. But if you want to see how you compare to other golfers your age, you need to check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin. That is par, the number four, success.com slash Griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N. And what it will do is it will actually give you a free assessment where you can see exactly how you measure up against other people your age. And you can see where you're excelling, where you need to focus your time on. And this is an assessment, honestly, that you can take once a month just to see how you're progressing throughout your golf journey. So again, check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see how you measure up against other golfers your age. Hey, what's up, everybody? You're listening to the Golf Strategy School podcast. It's really the only podcast out there that focuses on getting those newer golfers or maybe those less experienced golfers, or maybe it's just those struggling golfers getting over that milestone score of breaking either 90 or 100 if you're still working on it. Now, for those of you who are in my Facebook group, I absolutely appreciate you. Uh, In case you are not, you can also check the description I'll have a link there for you, but it's called Golf 101. You can just go on Facebook and search it. Um, But what I do in that group is I a lot of times ask questions about what content people want to hear. And we had a gentleman from Canada who said, hey, my course has been shut down for quite a while now. What can I do to really kind of improve in the off season during the winter when I can't go out and play? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to go over three different ways that you can improve your game without necessarily being on the course. So this is really kind of our, how do we maximize our winter to make sure we are as prepared as possible going into next season? Let's talk about it. All right. So what are we going to do to get better next season? Well, you probably guessed it practice, but you know, how do you, how do you practice If your home course is closed, right? Well, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about my three kind of favorite ways. I'm going to stay away from simulators. Now, simulators are fantastic. Simulators can be super helpful. Frankly, I would probably try to schedule simulator time maybe once a month, depending on how long your off season is. If it's a longer off season, maybe you want to go every six weeks just to you know, maybe keep the costs down because I know simulators are very expensive. Uh, at least in my area, they're upwards of like 40 or $50 an hour. So if you want to do simulators, that's a great way to practice, but I'm not going to say that's like the only way you can get better, but it is a really good way to put your progress to the test. So our first way that we're going to get better is we're going to focus on our short games, specifically our putting. Now, this is something that has gotten a lot of feedback in my five strokes in five days challenge, and that is the putting gate. Now, the idea here is that you set up roughly like a 10 foot putt and about three feet away from you or seven feet away from the destination, the cup, you're going to put some type of gate that's about one and a half golf balls wide. Now, for me personally, I got kids. I like to involve them in these types of things. So I actually had one of my daughters build me a Lego gate that could fit two golf balls. 
And so I put that gate about three feet away from me and I practiced my putting. Now, if you're a longtime listener of the podcast, you probably heard me talk about this before, but there's something that's called a learning zone. This comes from the amazingly intelligent coach, uh, Adam Young, and he talks about the fact that if you're succeeding at a given task at a rate higher than 70%, in all likelihood, that task is probably a little too easy for you, and you're not really learning as much as you could be if the task was slightly more challenging. On the flip side, if the task is way too hard and you are completing less than 30% of your attempts successfully, that means you're also not learning too much because it's just too darn hard. So you need to figure out some way to make it easier. So we're going to start off again, 10 foot putt. The gate is three feet away from the golf ball, seven feet away from the golf hole or the, you know, the coffee mug that you lay on the carpet because this is about winter practice. And then you're just going to practice rolling the ball through the gate. And the idea here is that we can get the ball to go where we want it to go for the first three feet. That's the whole point of this. Now, if you're succeeding at more than a 70% rate, so if you do 10 of these and you get eight or nine of them to go through that gate, that means it's not really challenging enough for you. So there's two things you could do. You could shrink the gate. Like I said, my daughter made one that was out of Legos and it was two golf balls wide. Well, for me, I'm, I'm probably about a, well, it's my winter now, so I'm probably about like a seven or an eight handicap, but I was able to do that pretty easily with two golf balls. So I had her shrink it down to about one and a half golf balls. And then I was succeeding in the kind of 60 to 70% range. So once I was able to bump that up to consistently get in 70% of the time, then what I did, because I, I still wanted the golf ball to be able to pass through is I moved the golf ball further away from me and closer to the hole. So instead of being three feet away from me, now it's four feet away from me. And so now I have to keep that golf ball on its original intended line for one more foot before it goes through that gate. So you can see that's another way to bring up the difficulty. Obviously we can do the exact opposite things. If our challenge is currently too hard. If it's too hard, you can bring the gate closer to you so you don't have to keep the ball online as long, or you can make the gate wider so you have more clearance to get the golf ball through. So that's step one. That's our putting gate. Our next one's going to deal a little bit with chipping. Now, this one is going to be a little bit tougher for you, uh, especially if you have like vinyl or hardwood floors. It's a lot easier with carpet. So if you do have vinyl or hardwood floors, you might have to bring in some type of like mat to hit off of. Uh, the idea here, and, and we don't have to use golf balls. We can use wiffle balls. We can use foam balls. You can use golf balls if you want to. But the idea here is that you're going to lay out some type of target in a room. And I promise you, you do not have to be far away for this to be difficult. You're basically going to lay out like a bullseye on your floor and you're going to practice hitting a target, hitting a specific spot. And again, 10 repetitions, so we can make sure that we're, you know, within our, our easily measurable uh, 30 to 70% range where we're learning. But what I've done in the past is, and again, I had to kind of do this when my wife wasn't home because she gets weird about hand towels. But I took a washcloth, which is the smallest type of hand towel that we have, and that was my dead center of my target. That was the middle of the bullseye. 
and I laid that hand towel on top of two, uh, boy, I don't even know what type of towel you'd call them. They're not like a bath towel, but uh, I took the washcloth and I laid, I laid it on top of, I guess, hand towels, like from your bathroom. You know, so they're, they're about three times the size. So I had two of those laid out, and then I, I laid my washcloth on top, and then I took bath towels and I framed those hand towels. So I had three different colors of towels on my floor, and I was chipping, trying to get the golf ball to land on that middle gray, for me, uh, washcloth, because it was the smallest target. And what I was doing is I was kind of practicing that kind of, 10-ish foot range. Like I said, you do not have to be very far. So I was practicing that 10-foot range with a wedge. So I was trying to land it perfectly on there. Then I switched clubs to make sure that I'm getting practice throughout all of my different bump and run clubs. So depending on how you do your bump and run, you might go all the way up to like a 6 or a 5 iron practicing some bump and run and trying to land it on a specific spot. I don't use my five iron or my six iron for bump and run. I usually stop at like my seven or my eight iron. So I went wedge all the way up to my seven iron, practicing my bump and runs and all my different type of chip shots, really, really working on landing that ball on the exact specific spot that I wanted to land it on. Now, when we're out on the course, it's important for us to visualize that the ball has to land somewhere completely different than the cup for it to finish close to the cup because I'm sure you all know that it's incredibly difficult to just slam dunk one to drop it perfectly in without touching the edge. If you fly the ball all the way to the hole, chances are you're going to be significantly far away from the cup, if not maybe all the way off the green. So what this does is this gets us really, really good in that kind of five to 10 foot range really, really good at hitting our target with our chip shots. So a lot of times that target is only going to be halfway between the cup and where our ball is. And it's going to release and run out the other half. Or maybe if you're using a wedge, maybe it's more like two thirds or three quarters. You know, the ball is going to fly two thirds of the way there, maybe three quarters of the way there. But because it's a wedge, it's going to land a little bit softer. It's still going to release out toward the hole. But you're going to get much, much better at differentiating between where you want the ball to stop versus where you want the ball to land. And that is a huge, huge stepping stone for people who are improving in their short game. Now, our next one, and again, I. I'm going to stay away from simulators. Our next one is going to be some mirror work, whether, you know, you're working on getting to a certain position, whether you feel like your positions are all good and you want to just take some practice swings. Really, you can go a long, long way just by practicing at what different positions feel like. You know, you could work a lot on what I call my nine o'clocks to three o'clocks. I've seen a lot of people call those uh, L to L. So when your left arm is parallel to the ground and then when your right arm is parallel to the ground. Uh, so basically just taking it like halfway back and halfway through it. Just work on finding rhythm in that swing because that swing, honestly, is a really good swing to have when you got a punch out of trees and you want to, you know, maybe maybe get a little bit closer to the hole, get a little bit of distance on the shot, but you still got to keep the shot down. 
that half to half, that nine o'clock to three o'clock is an amazing drill. And really, it's a fantastic drill if you're kind of lost in your swing and everything's going wrong. Just boil it back down to that nine o'clock to three o'clock and find that rhythm of controlling the low point and and where you're hitting the ground. And that is really, really, really going to help you get a, a lot more solid, crisp contact on your full swing irons when that time comes. So, like I said, it's it's not really that hard. You just got to kind of think outside the box. Now, personally, if you're going through these three things, I would rotate through them. I would do them each once a week. You know, maybe it's Monday, Tuesday, Friday. Monday, you're doing your putting. Tuesday or Wednesday, you're doing your, uh, your chipping. And then Friday, you're doing your swings. It's really easy to just set up that, that Monday, Wednesday, Friday pattern. Just doesn't even take, honestly, an hour. You can get a lot of these practices done in a half an hour or less. Certainly the putting gate and the swings, you can get those done in less than a half an hour. The only thing that's really going to take you a while on your chipping is setting up your bullseye out of towels. And once you got it set up, it's really easy to practice. So it's not that bad. That's all you got to do. You can do those three things over and over and over again. You're going to come out like a house on fire once your course opens up and your season's ready to get going. So if you want to learn more about how you can improve... I certainly welcome you to take my five strokes in five days challenge. Uh, You'll see that in the show notes in the description here as well. Otherwise, if you're just listening along and you just happen to be in front of a computer, it's golfstrategyacademy.com slash five in five. That is golfstrategyacademy.com slash the number five, the word in, and then the number five. That'll take you to that challenge where you can get yourself signed up and you will see the five lessons, the five practices that I put my students through to get the most bang for their buck in the shortest amount of time. So until next time, everybody, I will catch you in the short grass. Cheers. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Golf Strategy School. As always, if you want to keep it in the short grass, all you got to do is put those lessons into effect. And if you want to see exactly how you fare in terms of your physical performance to other golfers your age, head over to par4success.com slash Griffin, and you'll be able to see exactly where you line up and match up with other golfers your age based off of this this free performance assessment that Chris and his team has put together. Again, that's parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see exactly how well you line up against all their golfers your age. And I'll just drop a link to it in the show notes.